How y'all doing that? Show like to thank y'all for stopping by for another episode of this Removing the Illusion Pod Talk here, man. Look at here. I know it's been a while since I sat down here and smoked a cigar and talked to y'all. We've been going through this corona thing, and let me tell you something. I mean myself, I'm thinking kind of positive. But, man, I tell you, the government suddenly like, seems like they're losing their mind these days. But I guess this is a first time for everything. It's a new experience for everybody in this country, yep. Yeah? In a long time. I haven't had any hardships. That's what happens when you don't have any hardships in life. When something hard come along, people kind of find it hard to adapt. Life is all about change and all about change. But y'all know what? Before I get into what I want to talk to y'all about, y'all knows I got to tell y'all what I'm smoking on. And let me tell you something. I was out there hanging with my buddies one day. And um, matter of fact, it was, it, was, it was my buddy John. We met one, uh, I think it was like a Friday. We met downtown and, uh, you know, we met for lunch at this uh, Cuban you know, this Cuban restaurant, you know, we, we like that no good Cuban sandwiches. So we went downtown and uh, met a little Cuban place. And man, let me tell y'all something. I forgot to bring my doggone cigars. Now, that's one rule that we got in the group. I think it's rule number one or two that always carry cigars with you. Because you never know when there's a notion for to sit down and have you a good little smoke and just watch some things go by. So I forgot to bring my cigars, you know, when... Uh, you know, when, I, when, when I met my cigar buddy downtown at the, at the little Cuban little restaurant down there. So he's always prepared. He wanted them Harley Davidson ride. He ride them Harley Davidson motorcycles. And he had that cigar hanging on his mouth. We be riding Harley, Harley Davidson motorcycle. And he always keeps cigars with him. All the guys keep always cigars with him. I'm kind of like a rookie in the group. You know, I got to get my cigar game up where, you know, uh, I, I, I ensure that I carry my little cigars everywhere I go, whether I'm going to smoke one or not. You see, so, but when we had went to the little Cuban restaurant, he gave me one of these cigars here. It's a master blinging. Man, I got one in my hand. And what I like about it is a little short. I say it's probably about four. I'm looking at it right here. It's, you know, it's, 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 probably, it's, it's probably about, you know, it's probably about maybe five inches long. It's a nice little short cigar, you know, for when you want a quick smoke. See, a lot of times, you know, you may, you may get you a bigger, bigger cigar and, it may take you an hour or two hours to sit there and smoke it. Or sometimes, you know, you be on the go a lot of times and you don't want to spend like nine, ten dollars on one of them big cigars. You know, I know some of you y'all buy like 14, 15 cigars, but you know, I'll be finding good cigars in the price range of nine, ten dollars. You see what I'm saying? You can get your real good like Padron or something like that. But anyhow, he gave me this master blend here. And surprisingly to me, it is a good stick. A really good stick. And the price point on this thing, if you go to somewhere like uh, Holtz, you know, Holtz Cigars or, you know, one of, one, of them, one of them cigar places there online, you know, like Cigars International, you can get you a really, really good box deal on this stick here. Now, you know, I think like an average price of this stick here, if you buy it online, it's probably about $4, 4 or $5. And that's a good price point for this cigar here, man. It is a real good thing. You know, it's, it's a, you know, it's a... a but what, what what I like to say what I especially liked about it was I like I like I like the size of this thing you see what I'm saying and you know it's like uh, you know this one I got in my hand right here this thing here is like a uh, of, uh, of five of five by fifty a robusto it's a robusto you know uh, five inch five inch you know by fifty this is a good little cigar if you want you a good little smoke you know you know if you're out like you know you walking somewhere and 
and you may go in and out of buildings and stuff like that. And you don't want to, you know, you don't want to blow no big cigar, you know. But you get this little shorty cigar here, good flavors, a good taste. And I'm really, really enjoying this thing here. Because, see, like I told y'all, I've been away from y'all a, a while now, you know, doing this corona thing. And a lot of things on my end didn't change. Before I get in talking about me right quick here, talking about what we're going to talk about tonight, let me tell you a little bit more about this Master Blend 3. Okay, this thing is constructed with a luscious sun-grown broad leaf wrapper leaf and a Nicaragua blend of Habana seed, Legora tobaccos. The result is a beautiful dark brown cigar that's bursting with complex, balanced flavor that satisfies the palate, a rich, bold, full-body finish. Let me tell you something. They write about that. They write about that. Because I was surprised how good this cigar for the price point. Now, when I'm talking about them, I'm talking about the price point. The price point in the size, I was surprised how good this cigar here tastes. I, I really enjoy the notes. Now, what they say also, I'm just telling y'all what they say right here now. They say this Master Blend 3 received an outstanding 92 rating. Now, I don't know who be doing these ratings, who these folks is, you know, who be doing these ratings. You know, I don't know about all that stuff. But I'm just telling y'all what they say. They say that they rate this thing as a 92. Now, here's what the experts had to say. It's a pressed cigar with an oily chocolate brown wrapper. A good draw imparts a good balance of earthy, creamy flavors. The spice finishing hints of brown sugar. Now, like I tell y'all all the time, I don't know about all that brown sugar, earthly, brown, uh, uh, brown creamy flavors and all that kind of stuff. Spice finish. Man, I, these experts, man, I don't know what they be smoking, man, but that's what they say. But I'm telling y'all what I'm saying here. It's a good, smooth cigar. And you will taste those notes. Like I tell y'all some of my other little talks here. You know, whenever, whenever I hit a cigar, I can taste them notes. I can taste them in my lips. When I, if I get it in, in my lips, I know it's going to be a good stick. And that's why this thing was surprisingly good for me at the price point and at the size. You see what I'm saying? And if, if and you, you sell with this cigar here, according to how fast and slow you smoke, but I think I think you can get a good you you can get a you can get a good forty five minutes to an hour out this stick and enjoy it. Real good stick. If y'all get a chance, y'all go there online somewhere, wherever y'all buy y'all cigars at, and y'all get y'all some of these master blends number three. The, the this this this, this, this robusto. This is the one I like. The, the robusto. Now there's also other sizes too. Now. There's also another size that you can get too, right? You, you, you can get a torpedo. I'm not in all that torpedo stuff. I ain't in all that. Number two, torpedo comes in a Maduro also. But I like these right here. If you want you a good, good, quick smoke, you know, get, get your master blend, number three, Robusto, a five-inch by 50 gauge. It's a really good stick if, you, if you're on the go and you really want to enjoy something. You know, before you get to where you're going, and you don't have your end. If you don't smoke at all, you don't have to feel bad about wasting it. Because, like I said, the price point. If you get a box set, you know, I think you get like twenty in the box. You get like seventy nine dollars, twenty in the box. You paying about three, four dollars a stick. You can't beat that price point. So y'all check that out. That's what I got in my hand here. I'm smoking night. But like I tell y'all, you know, like I told y'all, a whole lot of things didn't change. Whole lot of things didn't change since last time I sat down here. And did a good little pie talk because doing all this little corona coronavirus thing here, I moved, I relocated. I was living in an apartment, but then I moved into a room where I started doing a podcast because I wanted to save a little change until my place got ready. Now my place is ready. I may have been in my place for about a good month here. Man, in a nice gated community, 55 and older. And man, I'm going to tell y'all something. It's like another world out here. 
When I go outside them gates, you know, it's like another world on outside them gates. Now I know how Nancy Pelosi feel. <laughs> I know how Nancy Pelosi feel now living in her gated community. I'm like Nancy Pelosi. Forget you fools out there. <laughs> I'm standing in my gated community. I love it. I just love it. You know, I never thought that I'd live to be 55 years old and be blessed. Not blessed in a spiritual religious sense, but in blessed with all the mistakes that I made in life, I was able, you know, to still see the day where I can at least for right now enjoy this this uh enjoy this uh uh this this new relaxful peaceful lifestyle. I call it healthy living. See, I never knew what healthy living was. See, I never knew what healthy living was until I moved out here. When I moved out here, I know what healthy move is. See, this thing, this place where I like where I'm at right now, this thing got everything in it. These people got three, four swimming pools. They got state-of-the-art gyms. They got anything you want to do. Only time I got to go outside that gate if I want to is go to the grocery store, and that's right outside the gate. That's the only thing they don't have inside the property. Everything is beautiful. Upkeep. Ain't got cut no grass. Ain't got nothing. Out of all the mistakes I made in my life, you know what? I'm here now. I'm here now. I overcame, but I didn't overcome because of me. I overcame because of good friends. Good friends. When, you, Like I tell y'all out there, if you're genuine to people, not fake and not phony, if you try to help people, no matter if, even if you ain't got nothing, you try to help people with the little things you got, and it ain't got to be monetary. It can be like you, you know, help somebody work on something, you know, to help people. You ain't got to have no money to help people all the time. You just got to be genuine with people and be willing to help people. And people, they would know if you fake or you're phony. But I think, I think you, I've, I've, I got a good group of fellas around me that I'm able to, you know, to be out here and, and, and just at this stage in my life, I can just sit down and relax. But don't get too comfortable because life change. Life's change on you quick. So you feel nobody. Life change. Nothing stays the same. Life is always in motion. It's never stagnant. So y'all got to realize that. But, not, but look, I ain't going to get off into all that right now. I'm going to catch y'all on the back end of our talk. But look here. I've been, I was smoking on this nasty blend here and I was thinking to myself, because I had been thinking about this for a while here. Matter of fact, I was talking to one of my other cigar buddies about this here. You know, I was thinking about prostitution, you know, because like I tell y'all, I don't know if y'all told, told y'all before, but you know, I have been married about three times. <laughs> I ain't getting married no more. I got this old gal now, boy, this old gal now. I don't think she won't deal with me no more because she, she, uh, she didn't seen the light that, uh, I ain't trying to get married no more. And I guess, you know, she say that we know I, you know, mess around with this fool for about three years now. And he ain't committed to me yet. Because all the women want to get married. You know, women want to get married. Now, even though she don't, she don't want to get married, but she want companion and all this kind of stuff like that. Man, women want to get married. You know, they want to get married or, you know, they want a man right there with them. But then they don't want a man right there with them. I don't know. Women are so confused. But this stage in my life, man, look, I ain't studying about all that kind of stuff. But I was talking to my buddy. I was like, man, why in the heck is prostitution illegal? Why is prostitution illegal? What wrong with prostitution? You know, you, you, 
you get married, what do you do when you get Well, you know what? I'm not going to get off in the, uh, what I want to talk about. I don't say I'm on the back here. But look here. I've been thinking about this thing. Why is prostitution illegal? I don't see nothing wrong with getting a woman a little money and take care of your business and go on about your business. Let her take care of her business with a little money that, that she wants and you took care of your business. Fast change ain't no highway robbery. I don't understand what these people talk about this prostitution. So I got thinking about this thing. That's so why I went online. Y'all know me. I went online. I did me a little research. And right now, we're going to get on, get, get into some of the things that I found about this prostitution thing here. Then I'm going to come back on the other end. I'm going to talk to y'all a little bit while I smoke on this master blend. Let me tell y'all something here. This is a good stick. Now, what I want y'all to do, too, is never stop supporting your local cigar spots. We got to keep our local cigar spots in, in business. We got to keep them in business. The mom and pop. But ain't nothing wrong with going online and finding you some deals every night then to fill up your humidor. So look here, y'all get off into this little talk here that uh I found on prostitution, and then I'm gonna come back and catch up with y'all on the other end. And y'all know I'm gonna talk my little talk then. <laughs> All right, there y'all go stories too. <laughs> All right now, catch up with y'all on the flip side. Let's take a look at prostitution in the United States. Prostitution is illegal in the vast majority of the United States as a result of state laws rather than federal laws. It is, however, legal in some rural counties within the state of Nevada. Prostitution nevertheless occurs elsewhere in the country. The regulation of prostitution in the country is not among the enumerated powers of the federal government. It is therefore exclusively the domain of the states to permit, prohibit, or otherwise regulate commercial sex under the Tenth Amendment to the United States Constitution, except insofar as Congress may regulate it as part of interstate commerce with laws such as the Mann Act. In most states, prostitution is considered a misdemeanor in the category of public order crime, crime that disrupts the order of a community. Prostitution was at one time considered a vagrancy crime. Currently, Nevada is the only U.S. jurisdiction to allow legal prostitution, in the form of regulated brothels, the terms of which are stipulated in the Nevada Revised Statutes. Only eight counties currently contain active brothels. All forms of prostitution are illegal in these counties, Clark, which contains the Las Vegas, Paradise Metropolitan Area, Washoe, which contains Reno, Carson City, Douglas, Eureka, Lincoln and Pershing. The other counties theoretically allow brothel prostitution, but three of these counties currently have no active brothels. Street prostitution, pandering, and living off of the proceeds of a prostitute remain illegal under Nevada law, as is the case elsewhere in the country. According to the National Institute of Justice, a study conducted in found that approximately, percent of men in the country have engaged in commercial sex. As with other countries, prostitution in the U.S. can be divided into three broad categories, street prostitution, brothel prostitution, and escort prostitution. History. Further information, sexuality in the United States. See also, prostitution in Harlem Renaissance. Th century. Some of the women in the American Revolution who followed the Continental Army served the soldiers and officers as sexual partners. Prostitutes were a worrisome presence to army leadership, particularly because of the possible spread of venereal diseases. The century. In the the century, Parlor house brothels catered to upper-class clientele, while body houses catered to the lower class. At concert saloons, men could eat, listen to music, watch a fight, or pay women for sex. Over-brothels existed in Lower Manhattan. Prostitution was illegal under the vagrancy laws, but was not well enforced by police and city officials, who were bribed by brothel owners and madams. Attempts to regulate prostitution were struck down on the grounds that regulation would be counter to the public good. The gold rush profits of the S2 attracted gambling, crime, saloons, and prostitution to the mining towns of the Wild West. 
a brothel keeper, Julia Bulette, who was active in the mining town of Virginia City, Nevada, was murdered in. 30 years before, in, the New York City courtesan Helen Jewett was murdered by one of her customers, gaining prostitution considerable attention. The Lorette Ordinance of Prohibited Prostitution on the first floor of buildings in New Orleans nevertheless, prostitution continued to grow rapidly in the U.S., becoming a dollar million business in, more than the shipping and brewing industries combined. Some army officers, however, encouraged the presence of prostitutes during the Civil War to keep troop morale high. In August, the U.S. military commander BRIG General Robert S. Granger legalized prostitution in Nashville, Tennessee, in order to curb venereal disease among Union soldiers. The move was successful and venereal disease rates fell from 40% to just 4% due to a stringent program of health checks which required all prostitutes to register and be examined by a board-certified physician every two weeks for which they were charged $5 registration fee plus cents each time. This area of Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C. was known from the mid-S to the S as Murder Bay, home to numerous brothels. The youth on the left was a procurer. By the U.S. Civil War, Washington's Pennsylvania Avenue had become a disreputable slum known as Murder Bay, home to an extensive criminal underclass and numerous brothels. So many prostitutes took up residence there to serve the needs of General Joseph Hooker's Army of the Potomac that the area became known as Hooker's Division. It is from this period that the slang term Hooker originates. Two blocks between Pennsylvania and Missouri Avenues became home to such expensive brothels that it was known as Marble Alley. In, Anthony Comstock created the New York Society for the Suppression of Vice, an institution dedicated to supervising the morality of the public. Comstock successfully influenced the United States Congress to pass the Comstock Law, which made illegal the delivery or transport of obscene, lewd, or lascivious material and birth control information. In, Congress passed the Page Act of that made it illegal to transport women into the nation to be used as prostitutes. In, the Birdcage Theater opened in Tombstone, Arizona. It included a brothel in the basement and cribs suspended from the ceiling, called cages. Local men such as Doc Holliday, Bat Masterson, Diamond Jim Brady, and George Hurst frequented the establishment. In the late th century, newspapers reported that, white slaves existed. Around, the term red light district was first recorded in the United States. From 2, the Dumas brothel in Montana was America's longest running house of prostitution. Basin Street brothels in New Orleans, CA. New Orleans City Alderman Sidney Story wrote an ordinance in to regulate and limit prostitution to one small area of the city, the district, where all prostitutes in New Orleans must live and work. The district, which was nicknamed Storyville, became the best-known area for prostitution in the nation. Storyville at its peak had some, prostitutes and brothels. Legal measures and morality campaigns. Vice Squad Interrogation of Women. In, the Bureau of Investigation, BOI, from, the FBI, was founded by the government to investigate white slavery by interviewing brothel employees to discover if they had been kidnapped. Out of, prostitutes interviewed in one city, six said they were victims of white slavery. The White Slave Traffic Act, Man Act, a prohibited so-called white slavery. It also banned the interstate transportation of women for immoral purposes. Its primary stated intent was to address prostitution and perceived immorality. The Supreme Court later included consensual debauchery, adultery, and polygamy under immoral purposes. Prior to World War I, there were few laws criminalizing prostitutes or the act of prostitution. During World War I, the U.S. government developed a public health program called the American Plan which authorized the military to arrest any woman within five miles of a military cantonment. If found infected, a woman could be sentenced to a hospital or a farm colony until cured. By the end of the war, prostitutes had been imprisoned, the majority never being medically hospitalized. In, 
The Chamberlain Con Act which implemented the American plan gave the government the power to quarantine any woman suspected of having venereal disease, in modern terms, sexually transmitted infection or STI. A medical examination was required, and if it revealed to be VD, this discovery could constitute proof of prostitution. The purpose of this law was to prevent the spread of venereal diseases among U.S. soldiers during World War I. Storyville, a district in New Orleans where prostitution was permitted, was shut down to prevent VD transmission to soldiers in nearby Army and Navy camps. On January, an anti-prostitution drive in San Francisco attracted huge crowds to public meetings. At one meeting attended by, people, were kept out for lack of room. In a conference with Reverend Paul Smith, an outspoken foe of prostitution, prostitutes made a plea for toleration, explaining they had been forced into the practice by poverty. When Smith asked if they would take other work at dollar to dollar a week, the ladies laughed derisively, which lost them public sympathy. The police closed about houses of prostitution shortly thereafter. The National Venereal Disease Control Act, which became effective July, authorized the appropriation of federal funds to assist the states in combating venereal diseases. Appropriations under this act were doubled after the United States entered the war. The May Act, which became effective with its signature by the President, July, armed the federal government with authority to suppress commercialized vice in the neighborhood of military camps and naval establishments in the United States. The May Act, which became law in June, intended to prevent prostitution on restricted zones around military bases. It was invoked chiefly during wartime. See World War II U.S. Military Sex Education. Mortensen vs. United States, in, ruled that prostitutes could travel across state lines, if the purpose of travel was not for prostitution. Later decades. Conditions for sex trade workers changed considerably in the S. The combined oral contraceptive pill was first approved in for contraceptive use in the United States. The pill helped prostitutes prevent pregnancy. In, New York City eliminated license requirements for massage parlors. Many massage parlors became brothels in, Nevada began regulation of houses of prostitution. In, the Mustang Ranch became Nevada's first licensed brothel, eventually leading to the legalization of brothel prostitution in of counties within the state. In time, Mustang Ranch became Nevada's largest brothel, with more revenue than all other legal Nevada brothels combined. By World War II, prostitutes had increasingly gone underground as call girls. In, the New York Madame Zaviera Hollander wrote The Happy Hooker, My Own Story, a book that was notable for its frankness at the time, and considered a landmark of positive writing about sex. An early forerunner, S.S., of Zaviera Hollander's, both as a madam and author, was Polly Adler, whose best-selling book, A House Is Not a Home, was eventually adapted as a film also entitled A House Is Not a Home. Carol Lee, a prostitute's rights activist known as the Scarlet Harlot, coined the term sex worker in. That same year, the Broadway musical The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas opened. It was based on the real-life Texas Chicken Ranch brothel. The play was the basis for the film starring Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds. Coyote, formed in, was the first prostitutes' rights group in the country. Other prostitutes' rights groups later formed, such as Flop, Hire, and Puma. Heidi Fleisch became one of America's best-known madams in the late S. In, Hollywood Madam Heidi Fleisch was convicted in connection with her prostitution ring with charges including pandering and tax evasion. Her ring had numerous wealthy clients. Her original three-year sentence prompted widespread outrage at her harsh punishment, while her customers had not been punished. Earlier, in the S, a member of Philadelphia's social elite, Sidney Biddle Barrows was revealed as a madam in New York City. She became known as the Mayflower Madam. In, U.S. Representative Barney Frank, DMA, admitted to paying for sex in. The House of Representatives voted to reprimand him. St. Century. Ted Haggard, 
former leader of the National Association of Evangelicals, resigned in after he was accused of soliciting homosexual sex and methamphetamine. Randall L. Tobias, former director of U.S. Foreign Assistance and U.S. Agency for International Development Administrator, resigned in after being accused of patronizing a Washington escort service. In, U.S. Senator from Louisiana David Vitter acknowledged past transgressions after his name was listed as a client of D.C. Madam Deborah Jean Palfrey's prostitution service in Washington. Elliot Spitzer resigned as governor of New York in amid threats of impeachment after news reports alleged he was a client of an international prostitution ring. In, Rhode Island signed a bill into lawmaking prostitution a misdemeanor. Prior to this law, between and, Rhode Island was the only U.S. state where prostitution was decriminalized, as long as it was done indoors, see prostitution in Rhode Island. In, due to the stagnant economy in Puerto Rico, the government considered legalizing prostitution in, Economist Robin Hansen suggested that the legalization of prostitution may solve the problem of inseldom, ideology responsible for numerous outbreaks of violence and mass killings throughout the United States. On April, the United States Congress passed the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act, commonly known as FOSTA-SESTA, which imposed severe penalties on online platforms that facilitated illicit sex work. The effectiveness of the bill has come into question as it has purportedly endangered sex workers and has been ineffective in catching and stopping sex traffickers prior to the act being signed. The Department of Justice seized the website backpage and charged its founders with money laundering and promotion of prostitution, contributing to the huge destabilization of the lives of people who trade sex. Types of Prostitution Red Light Districts Although informal, red light districts can be found in some areas of the country, such as the block in Baltimore. Since prostitution is illegal, there are no formal brothels, but massage parlors offering prostitution may be found along with street prostitution. Typically, these areas will also have other adult-oriented businesses, often due to zoning, such as strip clubs, sex shops, adult movie theaters, adult video arcades, peep shows, sex shows, and sex clubs. Street Prostitution Street prostitution is illegal throughout the United States. Street prostitution tends to be clustered in certain areas known for solicitation. For instance, statistics on official arrests from the Chicago Police Department from August to May suggest that prostitution activity is highly concentrated, nearly half of all prostitution arrests occur in a tiny one-third of one percent of all blocks in the entire city of Chicago. A study of violence against women engaged in street prostitution found that percent reported having been raped and percent reported having been physically assaulted. A variation of street prostitution is that which occurs at truck stops along interstate highways in rural areas. Called lot lizards, these prostitutes solicit at truck stop parking lots and may use CB radios to communicate. In today's society there is a hierarchy amongst prostitutes and an even greater distinction between indoor workers and outdoor workers. The indoor prostitutes occupy the top tier to include independent call girls, and workers in brothels and massage parlors. The outdoor street walkers occupy the lowest level and are more likely to experience abuse 240 prostitutes, 115 outdoor and 125 indoor, were interviewed for a study about victimization. Weitzer, R noted that indoor workers experienced less harm compared to outdoor workers. Type of abuse outdoor workers indoor workers. Robbed. Beaten. Slapped, punched, kicked. Raped. Kidnapped. The outdoor prostitutes or street walkers are the most recognized sex workers, but they make up a very small number of workers. Cunningham and Kendall, report that only percent of prostitutes work on the streets. The indoor workers have more freedom to choose their clients and set boundaries that contribute to their safety. The above numbers contribute to the arguments against prostitution, which clearly affect one type of sex worker. Escort or outcall prostitution. In spite of its illegality, 
Escort prostitution exists throughout the United States from both independent prostitutes and those employed through escort agencies. Both freelancers and agencies may advertise under the term bodywork in the back of alternative newspapers, although some of these bodywork professionals are straightforward massage professionals. The amount of money made by an escort differs depending on race, appearance, age, experience, example pornography and magazine work, gender, services rendered, and location. Generally, male escorts command less on an hourly basis than women, white women quote higher rates than non-white women, and youth is at a premium. In the gay community, one escort agency in Washington, D.C., charges dollar an hour for male escorts and dollar an hour for transgender escorts. That agency takes dollar an hour from the escort. In larger metropolitan areas such as New York City, extremely attractive white American female escorts can charge dollar comma, dollar, per hour, with the agency taking percent dash percent dot. Typically, an agency will charge its escorts either a flat fee for each client connection or a percentage of the pre-arranged rate. In San Francisco, it is usual for typical heterosexual market agencies to negotiate for as little as dollar up to a full percent of a woman's reported earnings, not counting any gratuity received. Most transactions occur in cash, and optional tipping of escorts by clients in most major U.S. cities is customary but not compulsory. Credit card processing offered by larger-scale agencies is often available for a service charge. Escorts and escort agencies have historically advertised through classified ads, yellow pages advertising, or word of mouth, but in more recent years, much of the advertising and soliciting of indoor prostitution has shifted to Internet sites. Sites may represent individual escorts, agencies, or may run ads for many escorts. There are also a number of sites in which customers can discuss and post reviews of the sexual services offered by prostitutes and other sex workers. Many sites allow potential buyers to search for sex workers by physical characteristics and types of services offered. Internet advertising of sexual services is offered not only by specialty sites, but in many cases by more mainstream advertising sites. Craigslist for many years featured an adult services section of this kind. After several years of pressure from law enforcement and anti-prostitution groups, Craigslist closed this section in, first for its U.S. pages, then some months later internationally. In March the personal section of Craigslist was closed down. In, the adult section of Backpage was closed down. Brothel Prostitution With the exception of some rural counties of Nevada, brothels are illegal in the United States however, many massage parlors, saunas, spas, and similar otherwise legal establishments serve as fronts for prostitution, especially in larger cities. Often, parlors are staffed by Asian immigrants and advertise in alternative newspapers and on sites like Craigslist and Backpage. They tend to be located in cities or along major highways. Child Prostitution The prostitution of children in the United States is a serious concern more than, children are reportedly forced into prostitution in the United States every year. In, a scholarly article stated an immigration issue pertaining to the difference between underage females committing this crime as citizens and non-citizens stating, furthermore, a year-old Chinese girl trafficked into the country for use in prostitution would be viewed as a victim and offered a temporary visa, protection, and support services. A year-old American girl in Boston arrested for prostitution would be seen as a criminal and may end up in a juvenile facility, Lustish, dot. Legal Status Further Information, Prostitution and the Law and Prostitution by Country Legality of Brothel Prostitution in Nevada by County Prostitution Permitted, At Least One Active Broth.L Prostitution Permitted, No Active Brothels Prostitution Prohibited Nevada is the only U.S. jurisdiction to allow some legal prostitution. Currently eight counties in Nevada have active brothels, these are all rural counties, as of February, there are brothels in Nevada prostitution outside the licensed brothels is illegal throughout Nevada. 
Prostitution is illegal in the major metropolitan areas of Las Vegas, Reno, and Carson City, where most of the population lives, more than percent of Nevada citizens live in a county where prostitution is illegal. Prostitution in Rhode Island was outlawed in. On November, Governor Donald Carceri signed into law a bill which makes the buying and selling of sexual services a crime. Prostitution was legal in Rhode Island between and because there was no specific statute to define the act and outlaw it, although associated activities such as street solicitation, running a brothel and pimping were illegal. Louisiana is the only state where convicted prostitutes are required to register as sex offenders. The state's crime against nature by solicitation law is used when a person is accused of engaging in oral or anal sex in exchange for money. Only prostitutes prosecuted under this law are required to be registered. This has led to a lawsuit filed by the Center for Constitutional Rights. The federal government also prosecutes some prostitution offenses. One man who forced women to be prostitutes received a year sentence in federal court another was prosecuted for income tax evasion another man pleaded guilty to federal charges of harboring a year old girl and having her work as a prostitute another federal defendant got life imprisonment for sex trafficking of a child by force. The ban on prostitution in the US has been criticized from a variety of viewpoints. Statistics on prostitutes and customers. One study estimated the annual prevalence of full-time equivalent prostitutes in the United States to be poor, population based on a capture, Recapture study of prostitutes found in Colorado Springs Co. Police and Sexually Transmitted Diseases Clinic records between and. A continuation of the Colorado Springs study found a death rate among active prostitutes of poor, person years, which is. Times that for the, age and race adjusted, general population. Many people view prostitution as a victimless crime because of the fact that usually both sides are in agreement. However, many statistics show that it is very physically dangerous. The death rate poor, of prostitutes in the U.S. is nearly double that of Alaskan fishermen. Among voluntary substance abuse program participants, percent of women and percent of men reported selling prostitution services during the last year, March, dot in Newark, New Jersey, one report claims percent of prostitutes are reportedly HIV positive, and in Atlanta, percent of prostitutes are possibly HIV positive. A TNS poll reported percent of all men have paid for sex and percent of single men over age have paid for sex over men answered ads placed in Chicago area sex service classifieds for in-depth interviews. Of these self-admitted Johns, percent view buying sex as a form of addiction, percent suspect that the women they paid were abused as children, and percent said they are usually intoxicated when they purchase sex. The prostitution trade in the United States is estimated to generate dollar billion a year a report by Foundation Salise indicated that there were an estimated million prostitutes in the U.S. John Schools. John Schools are programs whose mission is the rehabilitation of purchasers of prostitution. In the first years of the ongoing program, now denominated the First Offender Prostitution Program, the recidivism rate of offenders was reduced from percent to less than percent. Since, similar programs have been implemented in more than communities in the U.S., including Washington, D.C., West Palm Beach, Florida, Buffalo and Brooklyn, New York, and Los Angeles, California. An audit in of the first John School in San Francisco, California by the budget analysts of the city faulted the program with poorly defined objectives and absence of a method to determine its efficacy. Despite being touted as a national model for which taxpayers pay nothing, the audit stated that the program did not fully cover its expenses in each of the preceding years, which resulted in a deficit of dollar comma dot. Sex trafficking. Sex trafficking includes the transportation of persons by means of coercion, deception, and slash or force into exploitative and slavery-like conditions and is commonly associated with organized crime. It has been estimated that two-thirds of trafficking victims in the United States are U.S. citizens. Most victims who are foreign-born come into the U.S. legally, on various visa State Department estimated that between, and, women and girls are trafficked each year into the United States. 
The measures against trafficking of women focus on harsher criminal legislation and punishments, and improving international police cooperation. There are vast media campaigns which are designed to be informative to the public, as well as policy makers and potential victims. Now. Lay take a look at this fella Elliot Spitzer. I remember this case like it WS yesterday. When he was Attorney General, Elliot Spitzer had no trouble going after a sophisticated prostitution ring. As governor, he apparently had no trouble patronizing one. The hypocrisy speaks for itself. But what about the oldest question about the oldest profession, why, exactly, is prostitution illegal? The case for making it against the law to buy sex begins with the premise that it's base and exploitative and demeaning to sex workers. Legalizing prostitution expands it, the argument goes, and also helps pimps, fails to protect women, and leads to more back-alley violence, not less. This fight over legalization has been waged in the last few years over international human trafficking laws and proposals to make prostitution legal in countries like Bulgaria, a movement that the U.S. government helped defeat. In 2004, the federal government expressed its position, the United States government takes a firm stance against proposals to legalize prostitution because prostitution directly contributes to the modern-day slave trade and is inherently demeaning. The government also claims that legalizing or tolerating prostitution creates greater demand for human trafficking victims. And yet, prostitution is legal in parts of Nevada, a companion to other cherished vices. You don't have to be a moralist or a prude to buy the argument for banning prostitution. But if you're so inclined, it's an easy one to take apart. Martha Nussbaum, a law and philosophy professor at the University of Chicago, argues that lots of work involves the sale of bodily services and that lots of the work that poor women do involves bad working conditions. For her, it's all about context there's a big difference between a street worker controlled by a pimp and a high-end call girl who picks her own clients, and the real question is how to increase poor women's access to decent and safe work in general. Legalizing prostitution is likely to make things a little better for women who have too few options to begin with, Nussbaum writes. The extremely pricey outfit Spitzer apparently used looks like an example of the high-end trade Nussbaum would distinguish from low-rent street work. The further defense of such escort services is that prostitution is inevitable and that conditions will be better for everyone all around if it's regulated, more condoms, fewer beatings. This parallels the argument against prohibition or in favor of drug legalization, illegality puts the bad guys and their guns in control. Women who fear prosecution can't go to the police for help. Better to give women more recourse to head off abuse and even inspect brothels for health code violations. Would legalizing prostitution increase trafficking? Not necessarily. By this logic, the state of Nevada should be awash in foreign sex slaves, leading one to wonder what steps the Justice Department is taking to free them, writer David Feingold noted dryly in Foreign Policy in 2005. Countries in which prostitution is legal Australia, Germany, the Netherlands aren't cesspools. On the other hand, they haven't seen the demand for prostitution drop off, either, and sometimes it rises. That's a disappointment for advocates of legalization, and lately there's another favorite model. In 1999, Sweden made it legal to sell sex but illegal to buy it only the Johns and the traffickers can be prosecuted. This is the only approach to prostitution that's based on sex equality, argues University of Michigan law professor Catherine McKinnon. It treats prostitution as a social evil but views the women who do it as the victims of sexual exploitation who should not be victimized again by the state by being made into criminals, as McKinnon put it to me in an email. It's the men who use the women, she continued, who are sexual predators and should be punished as such. According to this website for the Women's Justice Center, Sweden's way of doing things is a big success. In the capital city of Stockholm the number of women in street prostitution has been reduced by two-thirds, and the number of Johns has been reduced by 80%. Trafficking is reportedly down to 200 to 400 girls and women a year, 
compared with 15,000 to 17,000 in nearby Finland. Max Waldman, a doctoral candidate in Stockholm who is studying the country's prostitution laws, says that those stats hold up. He also said the police are actually going after the Johns as ordered, in 2006, more than 150 were convicted and fined. That might not sound like many, but then Sweden has a population of only 9 million. For feminists like McKinnon, with whom Waldman works, this sure looks like the solution, go after the men. Take down Elliot Spitzer and leave the call girls alone. On the other hand, the group SANS, for Sex Workers and Allies Network in Sweden, doesn't like the 1999 law. The network says it has brought more dangerous clients and more unsafe sex, rather than the other way around. Waldman says that there's a lot of debate in Sweden because some people inside and outside the industry still want straight-out legalization but that no systematic studies have shown that the law has made sex work worse or riskier. In the end, this seems like the most salient question, forget Elliot Spitzer. Shouldn't prostitution laws come down to working conditions and the laws that would lead to better ones for sex workers? According to a recent working paper, PDF, by economists Stephen Levitt and sociologist Sudhir Venkatesh Asterisk, despite all the fighting and all the preaching, we apparently don't know that much about the specifics of the structure of the sex market how much prostitutes make on average, how many tricks they turn a year, how frequently they and their pimps and johns actually get arrested. To start filling in the gap, Levitt and Venkatesh looked at data from the Chicago Police Department. They found that women working the streets were making $27 an hour but less than $20,000 a year, they don't log a lot of hours. The risks of the trade were serious, an annual average of a dozen incidents of violence and 300 instances of unprotected sex. There was also a surprisingly high prevalence of police officers demanding sex from prostitutes in return for avoiding arrest. That looks like another argument against the bans on prostitution presumably women wouldn't be caught in this particular trap if they weren't worried about going to jail in the first place. Lovett and Venkatesh also offer up this statistic, prostitutes get arrested about once per 450 tricks, and Johns even less frequently. Two lessons here, one, a law that isn't being enforced much may not be worth having, and two, Elliot Spitzer looks really, really unlucky. Okay. Now, let's take a look at the pro verus con to, is prostitution a threat to marriage? The pro, yes. Pro. In US v. Biddy, 1908, the United States Supreme Court in a 9-0 decision written by Justice John Marshall Harlan, held that. There can be no doubt as to what class was aimed at by the clause forbidding the importation of alien women for purposes of prostitution. It refers to women who, for hire or without hire, offer their bodies to indiscriminate intercourse with men. The lives and example of such persons are in hostility to the idea of the family as consisting in and springing from the union for life of one man and one woman in the holy estate of matrimony, the sure foundation of all that is stable and noble in our civilization, the best guarantee of that reverent morality which is the source of all beneficent progress in social and political improvement. 1908, U.S. v. Biddy. Pro. Dorn Chekely, director of the Pittsburgh Coalition Against Pornography, wrote Legalized Prostitution, on the Wholehearted website, last access January 22, 2007, which stated, Legalized prostitution will proliferate and gain legitimacy, just like pornography has, but legal and social acceptance will never ameliorate the negative consequences to marriage. Libertines can talk a good game, but no one really likes to be cheated on and no one really likes sexual competition. It will always hurt at a deep level. And the consequences of broken marriages have profound ramifications to society. We don't need any more negative pressure on marriage in our culture. January 22, 2007, Dorn Chekely. Pro. Dave Quist executive director of Focus on the Families Institute of Marriage and Family Canada, 
was quoted in the LifeSide News website on July 13, 2006 as having said. The concept that mom's job is having sex with strangers sets the wrong tone for family life. It hurts the woman, it hurts the children, that is an exploitative situation. If prostitution is legal it affords men the excuse to go find sex outside of marriage, when things in the marriage are difficult. That does nothing to enhance the relationship between a man and a woman. Prostitution runs opposite to what relationships are supposed to be. Intimacy and love are not involved, it's just a purely physical act. It lowers both people to the lowest common denominator. Now. Lay take a look at the con, no, to this question. Con. Some people claim that prostitution threatens committed relationships, marriage, and the family. The argument is that the Johns who patronize prostitutes will have less incentive to enter stable relationships. But such an argument is unfounded. Committed relationships have intrinsic rewards to both men and women. Most people report that sex within a committed relationship is superior to casual sexual contact. Further, such emotionally bonding sex costs no money. Commitment also offers continuing companionship, emotional security, and an opportunity to pool economic resources and share the responsibility for children. These positive outcomes will always make committed relationships appealing to most people, even those who have access to prostitutes. Further, sex workers can provide committed couples a way to gratify needs for sexual variety without risking the emotional attachments arising from sexual affairs. Con. Prostitution is consistent with the pursuit of happiness of both prostitutes and the men who visit them. Moreover, to the, somewhat questionable, extent that the availability of commercial sex partners channels excess male sexual energy away from the wives of other men, thereby preventing adultery, or unwilling sexual partners, thereby preventing rape and sexual assault, prostitution is beneficial in a broader sense. Con. Prostitution has been around for eons, and so have families and so has marriage. Prostitution helps to maintain marital stability in my opinion. Yeah, doggy. <laughs> what y'all think about that? Prostitution. Man, I don't understand why prostitution is illegal. Let me tell y'all something. I'm talking about prostitution between two consenting adults. I'm not talking about that little childhood teenage thing that that boy Jeffrey Epstein's them was doing. You see what I'm saying? And some of them politicians, I ain't gonna mention their name because I don't want them coming after me. <laughs> like, I don't want, I don't want to end up like Jeffrey Epstein or, that, uh, or, or his gal. I guess they got his gal locked up. But see, he wasn't doing no prostitution. What he was doing was he was messing around with we would mess around with them little kids. That's what he was doing. He wasn't selling them, you know, making any money. He was just trying to do whatever he was trying to do. Now, like I say, I ain't getting off in that Jerry Epstein thing because I don't know. I just know what I saw on TV because I watched it on uh Netflix. I watched that Epstein and I know they ain't gonna tell it all. But you know, he was going over to getting them, getting them, getting them little young gals and you know. Getting them little young gals, you know, 14, 13 years old, having giving them massages and, and then, you know, having to pick, pick, pick the money up off the tile and going about their business. I, I, I just saw the Netflix document. But see, that's not prostitution right there. That's not prostitution. That's not the prostitution that I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about little kids. You, you, mess, you mess with a little kid. You mess with a little kid. You mess with a little kid. I'm going to leave it up to the government to do what they're going to do to you. <laughs> May find you in a cell somewhere. <laughs> I'm not talking about that kind of prostitution. I'm talking about prostitution between two consenting adults is what I'm talking about here. Now, I'm going to tell y'all just my take on this thing. I don't see why it is illegal for two grown folks with bills and car notes and Ike bills and overhead, right, not to exchange money for sex. 
I just don't get that. I don't get it. I don't get why I, I don't get if a man don't want to be married. If a man don't want to be married and saddled with all that liability that comes with taking on a wife, then he shouldn't have to. But he still should have an honest, uh, clean, and legal opportunity to get his pipes clean. He should have an opportunity to get his pipes clean. A man got to have his pipes clean. It's only so much a porn hub a man can watch. Because before he needs the real thing. And you got two consenting adults. She got a box and he got a pipe. And them things go together now. They go together. But you can't put them together, right? Unless you get married. Unless you get married or you go out here somewhere and you strike a deal with a gal. Talking about you want to be her boyfriend. And you gonna be, she gonna be your girlfriend, right? And you gonna hook up with her, right? And this is the only way you can say, because the only thing you want is sex, only thing a man want is sex. That's all a man want. A man can live in a cage. That's all he want is sex. So he go out here and meet me, the guy trying to hook up with her. He only hooking up with her for sex. And if it wasn't for trying to get in between her legs, he wouldn't want to deal with her. He don't want to deal with her. That's why a lot of times these guys, they these guys, guys, they meet these guys, they hook up with these guys, these gals, the gal get pregnant, now he out cheating. Or have you ever seen guys with some of the most prettiest women you ever see? And you say to yourself, good, greet that guy. Boy, he got a bad woman there. But yet he out screwing somebody else. And a lot of times he's screwing something that don't look half as good when he got home. You know why? Because all he wanted is sex. He don't, don't care how good she, she looks. He don't want to sit up under her and hear her mouth all day. All day y'all see is what the makeup show. Y'all don't see at home where he got to sit there and listen to her run her mouth. Or he try to watch football games she all underneath him. Or he always got to do something. Or next, uh, look around nine months later she pregnant again having another baby. A man don't want that. No matter how many men out there that tells y'all that, a man don't want that. Only thing a man want is to keep and get his pipes clean. That's all he want. See, we under this big illusion that everything is about family because that's the kind of stuff they put on TV. The Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch was a bunch of fake. The real life Brady Bunch, the, 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 the oldest boy was screwing the mama. Y'all look up the history on them Brady Bunches. And, and and I think the daddy was sideways. Y'all know what sideways is, right? The daddy was sideways. But that was a pretty much a whole dysfunctional family. But on TV, it make it look like that this is the way life's supposed to be here in America. But yet under underbelly, underbelly in America, right? Married guys trying to tip out on their wives. Right? Guys with three, four different families. Like a, my buddy's cigar brother telling me the other day. You know, we were talking about pilots, right? We sit around talking about pilots at the cigar bar. And they were saying how pilots have other families in other cities. See, when you make so much money, right, you can afford to take care of a couple households. So it wasn't nothing for a pilot to have a different family in another city. Because if he get up and go to work every day, he may be a day or two in a layover in another city. So he got a house and a car in another city and his wife don't even know about him. And they tell you how freaking them doggone students and pilots is. Everything is about sex. I'm telling y'all, everything is about sex. But we want to make, in this country, you want to make sex taboo. 
these Christian folks. They ain't having sex with their wives. So the big get the big the big guilt trip is since your wife ain't giving you give you no sex no more because she probably didn't gain all this weight and she look a certain kind of way now and you ain't attracted to her no more, but she your wife and you gotta feel guilty because you committed to her for all this crap. That why you that's why you see all these preachers screwing everything. They're screwing they they you know they screwing women in their church. They married. Their first wife sitting up there looking look look looking like uh uh Michelle Obama. You know, or 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 a Trump wife, Ivana Trump. Look at all presidential. And behind closed doors, he's screwing everything. And now I'm gonna tell y'all something. The preacher's screwing everything, but you know what the preacher doing also? The preacher paying bills for them gals. The preacher's taking money out the pulpit and paying them little gals bills. Them gals ain't screwing the preachers because they talk so pretty. They screwing them because they them, them preachers be paying for. Like the politicians. The politicians be paying for them gals. Like our president, that one gal who got hundreds of thousand dollars, that was some expensive sex. How the heck, how the heck you buy some some coochie for a hundred some thousand dollars? Man, what the heck she got between her legs? <laughs> I wanna take a loan. I, look, I wanna take a house loan out to get some of that. <laughs> Can I get a mortgage to get some of that? Come on, man. It's, but to me, it's nothing wrong with it. Only thing wrong with it is that we should just be honest with ourselves. We should be honest with ourselves that we don't want to get married. Only thing I want is between your legs, gal. That's it. And only thing you want is what's in my pockets. That's all. That's like these days you see these 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 these, uh, these nerds looking guys. I heard one time. I don't know how true this is, so I'm just telling y'all what I heard. I don't know. I heard y'all know how Bill Gates look now. Yeah, everybody know how Bill Gates look, right? Bill Gates look like Bill Gates look. Bill Gates look like Bill Gates. Bill Gates got a whole bunch of money. I heard somewhere that they say that Bill Gates got, got a wife and he had a girlfriend. And his wife allowed him to take his girlfriend on vacation every year. Now, I just what I heard. I don't know. But you know what? That woman know that why split the pie. I got all bill. I got I got half a bill money, right? I got half a bill money, and I can get the other half, and I get half of bills half if I divorce. But let me keep the whole pie together. Oh, that he getting in some sex? That like that that like Hillary Clinton when George when 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 when, <laughs> when Bill messed up on her. I'm the first lady. Oh, that she got what? Oh, that she got what? Some juice? Some uh? <laughs> oh, that she got some juice on her blouse. I'm the first lady. It's just six. That's all it is. It's just six. He got his pipes cleaned out, and now he can run the country stress-free. I want my president having sex. I want my president stress-free. I don't want him to be all tensed up because his wife can't, she can't, she, 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 she don't want to screw him no more. She don't want to school no more because she's probably schooling the CIA agent, uh, the guard. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. Look, I don't want y'all coming after me. I don't want people coming after me, man. I don't mess with the government. I don't mess with the IRS of the government. Them people make your life. Y'all be, I'll be sitting with them, them cats be talking about all that snitching, snitching, and all that. Man, let me tell you something. When them boys, when them alphabet boys come for you, 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 you gonna tell. <laughs> okay, how hardcore you is. But look, that ain't what I want to talk about here. I want to talk about prostitution. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Fast change ain't no highway robbery. Let me tell you something. 
Think about something here for a minute. Think about this. All right. I'm going to give y'all a scenario. Okay. All right. Here it is on a Friday night. You just got paid. Friday night. Just got paid. Got to party. Getting down. Y'all remember that song back in the day? Right? Boy, you get all cleans up. Right? You may go to the mall and, 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 get, and get you a pair of new shoes or, or, or not, not to the mall. Back in the day, we had City Slicker. City Slicker in Detroit, a little play like that. But y'all know what I'm saying. You go down there and you get clean and you go out to the club, right? Now, you know, you you go, but but before you go to the club, you go to the mall and you may spend, you know, probably about six, seven dollars on a pair of Stacey Adams. You know, you get you a pair of slacks, probably about $25, $45 for a pair of slacks. I'm not, I ain't talking about the day prices now, y'all. Okay, I'm getting y'all a scenario, a scenario, you know, like back there, you know, like in the 80s, you know, mid 80s, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying? You know, you, you get you a nice shirt. You know, it makes pay you like twenty five dollars for a nice shirt. You know what I mean? And uh, you get your nice haircut. Spend about twelve dollars. Get your nice faded haircut, right? You you know you go down to the Arab store on the corner and you buy you a cheap knockoff knockoff watch. You know you get your fake Rolex that look real or something <laughs> like that. You see what I'm saying? You know you you know you you get all dressed up. You know you done got paid. You know it's time it's time to go to the club. You know, so you, you know you you clean your car up, and you go on, you go on down to the club, right? You get in the club, man, and you in there jigging, 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 right? Now that's what you do as a fella, okay? That's what you do as a fella. You get your check and you go to the mall and you go the city slicker somewhere like that, and you get you some new, you get you some new clothes, but you can go out to the club and you can shine, right? Now I'm gonna tell you what she do. She go to the dollar store. She go to the dollar store or the five dollar store and 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 get up one of them cheap dresses, right? Real cheap dresses. The dress probably only good for one night, one wash. She get herself a cheap pair of shoes, right? She probably borrowed the shoes from one of her gal friends or her mama, right? She go get us a costume jewelry, put us some costume jewelry on, cause everything is nothing but a clown show anyway. Get us some costume jewelry and put on, right? But you know what? The only thing she spend money on is her hair. She go there and get her head done. She get her head done. Go to get her hair all did up. And she she go and she put that Mac makeup on or that Maybelline Mac makeup. You know what? I think the black woman was wearing like Mac makeup back in the day. The black woman wasn't wearing no dang on Maybelline. But she know she got her face looking good. You know. You know, she you know, she got she got a clean pair of underwear on. You know, she took a nice little mask and gal before she went to the club. They had that thing smelling decent. Probably, you know, she's probably only massing gal probably twice a week. I mean once a year, two weeks, but going to the club, you know, you're gonna sweat in the club, so you wanna make sure your massing gale real good. You know, you don't want that you don't want that when you get hot, that odor coming out. So they clean themselves out real good before they go to the club. You know, so she got she, her whole outfit, everything she got on, including the hair job, probably ain't cost her no more than about $30, $35, If that, the most she spent was on her hairdo. But yeah, you didn't got paid. You didn't went to the mall and you didn't spent uh, maybe $150, you know, trying to look good for one night. She didn't spent about maybe $35, $40. Because see, one thing a woman knows is a woman knows everything is about perception. 
perception. See, men, we ain't mastered the art of perception yet. Women master the art of perception. See, a woman, as long as long a woman keep her body shapely in shape, right? She knows she get she keep her hair on point. She can she can put some any kind of cheap make makeup on and blush on lipstick, you know, enhance herself a little bit. You know what I mean? Even you know, even if she had three, four kids and her breast is saggy, she can get one of them bras and prop that bad boy up, you know, for one night. Cause you ain't gonna cause you ain't gonna get no. She ain't gonna get you no on the first night. So she ain't gonna worry about taking her clothes off. She can even have some. She can she she can she can even have some old panties on. She ain't gotta worry about it. As long as the panties clean, she can have scratch marks everywhere. But the perception of how she look in them clothes, that body looking tight, you don't see them scratch marks unless unless you're smart like me. You always gotta look behind, you know, look behind them legs, them behind them legs. They got a lot of scratch marks behind them legs. I'll show them scratch marks. Like I like I don't want to get off topic, but I me and my scar buddies went to this. Uh, you know, we do this thing, Cigar for Warriors, where we pack up these cigars and we send to the troops overseas, right? So afterward, we all goes, we all goes to lunch at this at this restaurant. Now at this restaurant, got this nice looking black gal behind the behind the bar, right? She's a bartender. First time I went there, right, and she had new spandex on. You know, oh man, that body was tight, small waist, everything, right? I was looking out like, man. Man, that little gal, that, that guy, a tight body on it. You know what I mean? Get them spandex on, right? Everything looking right. So the last time that I went there, which was last last weekend when we went there, I mean, last Friday when we went there, she had a pair of shorts on. And she came out to our table, you know, talking to the guys. You know, she's she a real nice looking gal, you know. And she had them shorts on. She had a spandex on. She had shorts on. That body, that booty was still big, but the back of her legs, she had stretch marks running up and down the back of her legs, the front of her thighs. She must have had about probably about three, four kids, because I know she had that many stretch marks running up her front thigh, up her back. I know that stomach looked like a railroad track. Now, a lot of times, I was thinking a lot of times when you look at gals like that, a lot of times she almost looked like one of them gals who, who was big at one time that lost weight. But didn't lose, you know, didn't uh skin didn't tighten back up. That's what it kinda looked like to me. So I don't know if she had a bunch of babies, she had a couple babies, you know. Some 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 women they have one baby, they stretch her all the way up. Some women have three, four, five babies and don't stretch stretch mark at all. But you can tell the ones that that, that that they got them stretch marks, right? But my thing is about perception here. It ain't a stretch mark, it's how she looked the first time I saw her in them spandex, she looked flawless. But then with them shorts on, with them natural legs showing, she had them railroad tracks running up everywhere. So that's why men get fooled, because women are the masters at perception. And that's why I don't like them doggone spandexes. Because them doggone spandexes and them yoga pants, right, they make you think everything is together. But let me tell you something. Them doggone spandexes and, 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 and uh, yoga pants be doing a lot of overtime. They be doing a lot of overtime trying to hold them gals up, I'm tell y'all. So you gotta watch out. Women are good at perception like that, right? See, and women, women is about that. Men is about the visual. You know, we we like we like we see. You know, she can have rocks in the head. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't care about the rocks in the head. Only we want to do is have sex. We just want to get our pipes clean, right? We we ain't gonna hang around too long to be hearing all that. Uh, 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 what her philosophy of life is? Don't no fella care about her philosophy on life. We care about what's between her legs. Women are good at perception.
really good. Yeah. Matter of fact, I kind of got off since I already got off track. I got to tell you about I had this this gal when I was on the in the, on the military base back then. Um, talking about stretch marks. I don't know if I told y'all this story on the part on the pod talk before. I'm gonna tell y'all anyway again though. I had this guy when I was on a military base, <coughs> right? Probably around about '84. I met this guy in the club. This this little guy, boy, boy, this boy, old man. This guy was fine and all outdoors with the clothes on. Right? I think I told y'all this story. I'm gonna tell y'all again anyway. Right? So let me just make a long story short. So we go. We thought it was like, and this was on my drinking days. So I didn't really give a dang on my drinking days. So I take some home. Like right? I had the studio apartment right outside the base. So we get in my apartment, right? And I'm the type of person. I'm kind of cheap. I don't pay no light bill. I have lights, but I don't like paying the bills. So I don't like, so I don't like turning my lights on. You know, I like my light bill bill low. So it was an apartment, right? When you first walked in my apartment, on the other side, the wall was my bed because it was efficient. Walk in the door, on a, it had a little wall, and then my little little nook, a bed nook on the side, and then the kitchen. So when we came home that night, you know, I was drunk, full of that oil, and she was probably feeling that full of that oil too. And uh, we, just, you know, we just, you know, we just went and jumped, jumped in my bed, took our clothes off, did our thing. You know what I mean? And I'm gonna tell you, the girl had some good stuff. Now, I do remember that. No matter how drunk I am, I always remember good stuff, right? So we did our thing, man. You know, I don't, I don't know if I did a good job or what, but I know the next morning I woke up. I gets up and uh, it had a McDonald's right outside the gate. Um, you know what I mean? Right, right, right outside the, the apartment on the corner. So I gets up and I say, well, look, I'm going to run over here to McDonald's and get us some breakfast. Because that's the least I can do, right? The guy the came home with me. You know, she cleaned my pipes out. You know, we, we did our thing. The least I can do is just feed us some McDonald's breakfast, right? So I went over to McDonald's, got the breakfast. I told her, I said, look, if you want to take a bath, you can go ahead. The bathtub right over there. You, you can get on, get in the bathtub and get yourself cleaned up. And when I get back with the food, we eat. You see what I'm saying? So I comes back in the door, she in the bathtub, right? So I go to the bathroom. I turn the corner, go to the bathroom. And she's sitting in the bathtub naked. Man, this girl has stretch marks from here to Canada. I was like, ho! I jumped in like that. She's looking she's like, what's wrong? I said, oh, no. No, no. She said, come on, you want to get in the bath with the water with me? I said, no, baby. I said, no, baby. You go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead and finish up. I'm going to lay the food out. So you you get ready. You, you, you come on out here. You, you come on. I want to get in that goddamn man. Boy, that, that girl by it look like, ooh. But that girl has some good stuff. Now, let me tell y'all something now. That didn't stop me. Me and that girl kicked around for a long time. And she was dating this other fellow on this base, this young airman who came in like a stupid fool. The girl had three kids, right? She her, her, she had stress marks real bad, but the girl had some good stuff. So whenever we used to do it after that, I used to always tell her I like them negligees and them teddies, right? So she always kept a negligee and her teddy on. See, as long as she had a negligee and a teddy on, everything was fine. But she thought that I just like negligees and teddies. But I just want her to keep something on while we while she put that little only she do was click that little snap, boop, that little snap from underneath her, and that thing ready to go. She had to take everything off, right? And we did it for a long time. That girl could come over to my apartment with a teddy on and a fur coat. And, and leave her husband in bed. Man, look, I go up and just like do my drinking days. I ain't too much care back then. I go over to her place in her parking lot. Her husband in there. She come out to my car. We bone dancing in my car. 
You see what I'm saying? I go ahead and put stuff. But that girl has some stretch marks like I'd be darned. Her sister lived, matter of fact, her sister lived right next door to me. Apart. I was trying to screw her sister, but I couldn't get her sister. I sure was trying. I ain't care. I ain't care back then. <laughs> I ain't care. But look at what I'm telling y'all is now that guy, he spent about $150 or $200 getting himself to get out and go, go to the club for one night, right? She just spent about $35, $40. They get to the club, right? And he comes in there looking all shiny, right? And she looking all down to see women know the price of everything you got on. Women even know when it's a fake watch. But that's okay if it's a fake watch because at least, at least he was smart enough to try to accessorize. <laughs> but women pricing his shoes. She pricing his clothes. Oh, he may have a list of them. And she's, it's extra special if he drive up and she's standing in line to get the glove when he drive up and his car shining. Nah, he really in because she's already clocked him before they came in the door. So they hooks up, right? So I'm not, I mean, they don't hook up, but she clocking him, right? She's seeing, she's scooping him out. But see, she ain't approaching him. You see, women ain't, back in the day, they, they, the women ain't thirsty like that, right? See, you got to make him chase. That was one thing. You got to make him chase. See, if you don't make that fool chase, right, then you, you know, you, you put, you know, you putting yourself out there. You ain't going to get nothing. You see what I'm saying? So he goes in the club, he looking all fly and everything. Fly! He looking all fly and everything. And he see her. She's sitting up at the bar, drinking, drinking uh, 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 the cheapest drink she can find. The cheapest drink behind the bar. That was she said they're drinking on. She probably drinking on a Sprite. But it, 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 it looked like a, a cognac or something. She drinking on a sip because she ain't got no money. She said the only thing she had money for was to get in the club. And if she got in the club, she got the club before nine, she got in free. So she had a baby, maybe a couple of dollars to get her a drink. She said every drink, she said she'll drink on a sprite or something like that. No, tell the bartender, no, I don't want to drink no right now. I'm gonna wait till wait till a little later when the club get to jumping. You see what I'm saying? Wait a little later when the club get to jump. You know what that means? That means when the fellas get here, right, I'm going to have them back. So why did I spend my money now? I can wait a little later when these suckers come in and they buy my drinks, right? I think it's smart. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's crazy on them. So he comes in. She already clocked him when he came to know. She didn't clocked him, right? She already, woman already know from the jump before you approach them, if you're going to approach them. And if you do approach them, if they want to get with you or not. Now, they may not want to get with you, but since the club is still popping off, right, you still may be good for a drink or two until she see the mark that she that she had to. But see, she look good to you and all that because see, men don't spend their time pricing what a, what a woman got on. See what I'm saying? You don't know that. You don't know that dress came from the $5 store or the flea market or, 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 or the Salvation Army somewhere and she just cleaned it up and made it look decent. Or it, or or it had a sale at the store, and she bought that she bought that dress off the cleaners rack. You don't know that. Men don't keep up with that. Only thing a man know is her hair's on point, she cute, and her body's on point. You don't man, you don't know if there's a push up bra holding them bras up. You don't you don't you don't know you don't know you don't know if she, if she got re clean panties on. You don't know none of that kind of stuff. You don't know nothing about the shoes or see is them old shoes. Do them shoes fit her? You know, does she got a little pad in them shoes somewhere to make them fit her good? You, you ain't looking at all that. Only you looking at is the face and the booty. And you go to, and you go over there, you holler at her, 
trying to look all fly, and she looking you up and down playing that hard role, right? Like she don't want to get with you. She want to get with you because she needs you to get that drink so she can get her courage up so she can go after the real mark that she want. So she smile and fake and play with you to let you buy that drink for her. Because see, the night is still young. See, that's why me and me and my boys back in the day, I ain't never, I ain't never trapped for no chick until the club was about to close. Because see, if you get to the club and you, you, and you click up with a chick right about 9, 10 o'clock, right? Most likely you're going to be buying drinks for her and you ain't going home for her. You ain't going home with her because night too early, right? It's too early. She can't, she can't invest, in, invest in you this, this early fool. But you can buy me a drink. So I used to wait, me and my boy, we used to wait like, you know, club close at 2 o'clock, we used to wait like 1.30, and then we used to look at each other time to make our move. Because see, by then, all other thugs and got the women that got their head right. And see, they've been scoping you all night because if you look good and you're on a dance floor and you can dance, women watch guys on the dance floor who can dance, what kind of moves they got. So as the night get older and they get a little, they get a little drink in them, they guards loosen up a lot. So now when you now when you approach them, they've been seeing you all night. They're interested in you. It's a go. So it's all, all about how I'm giving y'all a little game like back. I don't know what like here back here, back here these days. I don't know what I'm gonna tell y'all a little back and back and back when I was doing my little thing. So you done spent all this money. You done sit up here and you done bought her. Now, now when the bartender come, when I when you sit next to her and the bartender come over and ask her what she drinking. She going to order the most expensive drink on the menu. Behind the bar, rather. She was. She was drinking Sprite when you walked in. Now she's drinking some apple mimosa or some, 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 some crap I can't even pronounce. Because you paying for it. And you can't say you're not going to pay for it. Because the minute you say you ain't going to pay for it, she going to label you as cheap. She going to label you, label you as lame. But she the one laying because she the one broke sitting up there. But you don't know that because it's all about perception. See? All about perception. So you don't know that. So what do you do? You kick in. Because you need to impress this chick, right? You forgetting it's going to be a long night. <laughs> and at the end of the night, you probably, you probably drop probably about $75 on her. And she go home with somebody else. And you go home, fella, and you whack yourself off to sleep. Another night, you done bombed out. But you done spent over $200 to bomb out. Now, I'm going to tell you this other story. I may have told y'all this story. You, well, you know what? I'm going to tell y'all a story. But let's just say, back in the day, Craigslist on Craigslist back in the day, you used to go back Craigslist, right? And you just can order you one of them gas to come over to your place. Yes, 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 yes. Back in Craigslist, like that. And the same girl be on that picture back Craigslist. That's be the gal that come to your door. That same gal. You about to spend about $85 on her. Give her $85. Two, three minutes. Your pipe's clean. She take $85, you don't give it to her in her hand. You tell her where it's at. She get, she get her $85 and she leave. Fast change ain't no highway robbery. Only thing you want is to get your pipes clean. You don't want to have no conversation with her. Now people say, wait, three minutes, 
It ain't on for three minutes. Yeah, if I know three minutes, you try. I'm not. You're not trying to please her. You're not trying to get her off. You called her over to get you off, and it don't take no time all that time. You working on you working on her trying to trying to get trying 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 to please her. No, that eighty five dollars that you paid her for sex pleases her. What pleases you is getting your pipes clean out inside of her, whether it's up or down. I'm trying to keep it PG. That's all that matters. So yeah, you may give her eighty five dollars for three minutes to get your pipes cleaned out, and then you back watching the football game with a, eating some hockey bars ice cream. You ain't hearing her nag you. You ain't you ain't you 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 you're not you not you not hearing her telling you that the car note is due. You're not hearing her telling you that the baby need this. You ain't hearing her tell you about her problems. You ain't hearing her talk about you don't talk to me. You don't, you're not hearing all that old crap. You done paid her eighty five dollars three minutes. You got your pipes cleaned out. She gone to the next guy. And I'll be saying, well, wait a minute. She gone to the next guy. Well. You know, you don't know where she been. Hell, you don't know where your wife been. You don't know where your girlfriend been. You don't know. No, you protect yourself. That's why they make condoms. You put your condom on, you do your thing. Don't put your condom on, you risk your life. <laughs> you don't know. Some of y'all, some of y'all need some of y'all that need to use condoms with your wives. You just don't know it. Cause your wife will probably want one of them back in back of Craigslist when I used to look at it. <laughs> Cheap deal. Didn't need a wife back then. Once, twice a month, get on Craigslist, call the gal over, clean your pipes out. You may spend $106 a month. Do you spend $106 a month on your wife? How much you spend on your wife? You paying car note for her. You paying all this stuff for her and you still ain't getting no sex. Cause you're tired of having sex with her. You, you, we're now it's just a convenience because we had all these kids all these years. Now we just together. We like best friends. But yet every 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 time you get a chance, look, you looking at some little young girl tail or your own porn hood. What's wrong with buying sex between two consenting adults? I don't care if she's a porn star. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Watching porn. Tell me something. What is wrong with watching porn? This I equate watching porn. To me, I equate watching porn like this as a single man. I look at it like like people tell y'all they say, "Don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry," right? Because if you go to the grocery store when you're hungry, that means you're gonna be buying up everything. Well, my philosophy is if you do a little whacking off. Before you leave your house, you don't get into a trap when you meet them girls out there in the street who only want one thing from you, and that's your money. Or you get into a bad situation because you're horny. Man, you go on porn up, spend about three minutes or two, 20, 20 seconds getting you a good whack off, clean yourself off, you go outside your door, the first pretty woman you see, you know what you say to yourself? Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't even bother you. That tells you right there. Do the experiment. Do, do the experiment. It wouldn't be no raping. If you would allow men to watch porn, if you allow men to watch porn and take care of themselves, it wouldn't be no rape because you know why? 
He ain't got nothing left to rape with. Because after he get done, he going to sleep for about 20 minutes. Ain't nothing wrong with it. But when you oppress, when you suppress stuff, you suppress people, and you put people in these categories, right? You put the people where they where they miserable, right? Where where now nah, they they got they, they got they, they got this family, they got their wife, they got this liability that ain't just ain't appealing to them anymore. So now they out here doing other stuff to get a thrill, violating other people to get a thrill because they can't get a because they just can't take their little money and just go somewhere and give another consenting adult a couple of dollars to clean their pipes out. You wouldn't need the bro divorce attorney. You wouldn't even need family court if prostitution was legal. Because wouldn't no man get legal? Wouldn't no man get married? If he did, you're a darn fool. You wouldn't need to. Paying all them bills, lifetime of bills, and then risk getting everything taken away from you if it goes sideways. You wouldn't need to. Just like me sitting up in now as a single man. Prostitution was legal? Man, I get on my phone and say, hey, girl, come on over here. She come on over here. We take care of business. Two minutes later, she gone. Because I'm trying to please me, not her. I don't need her sitting I don't need to have no conversation with her. I need her to come through that door, go to the bathroom, clean herself up real good as best she can, right? And then, and then come back to me where I'm at, whether I'm in the bed or I'm sitting there with my little loud chair with my little... With my little thing swaying, right? Go down there, take care of me, whether it's go down there or lay in the bed, take care of me, get her money, and leave. I don't need to know about her family situation. I don't need to know about her kids, her, her mama. I don't give a darn about that. I pay you to leave. You don't pay a prostitute to come. You pay a prostitute to leave. How simple is that? I'm not out committing no crime because I'm going to sleep now. Or I'm going to put Netflix on. I'm going to get me a snack and sit here and go to sleep because my pipe's clean. I'm not out here trying to violate nobody. But yet, the, the frustrated man inside the house with a wife, he frustrated. He's sitting there. He listening to her. He listening to them doggone kids. There's a problem. The kid called. The kid called. The kid got another ticket. Or the kid didn't got the throat. He got all this. He's sitting up there. He's running problems. He can't wait to go to work. Oh, what I got myself in. He ain't getting no sex. He can't get no sex because the Bible and God say that you can't cheat on your wife. He can't even jack off. He can't watch porn. He can't touch himself. He's sitting there just miserable. All frustrated. Pipes all, all clogged up. And every time you look at look over at her, she she put another sandwich in her mouth. <laughs> getting getting bitter in a good year blimp. And he's sitting there saying to himself, I love my wife. I love my wife. I love my wife. I want to shoot myself in the head. Take that same fella. Sitting around that same environment. Goes out to his car, get on his cell phone. Call up his call up his other cassette adult. Tell her to meet him at the hotel. He goes to the hotel. An hour, he's back home. Sitting around that wife, put another sandwich in her mouth. Phone call from the kid. Got, just got another driving ticket. The other kid then dropped out of college or on drugs or jumped out the window somewhere. He's sitting there with a smile on his face. Because you know what? 
He just spent $120 with another cassette adult. His pipe's clean, a smile on his face. All this around him? Ah, it's okay. Just another life. Because he know when he gets frustrated again, he can go out to his car, pick up that cell phone, and have another cassette adult meet him and clean his pipes. And he's back home dealing with this stupid situation he got himself in. All because the government say prostitution is illegal. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here now. I just got enough of y'all time with my little crazy talk here. Now look, now y'all know, I say, y'all pick up y'all some of these massive blends. Y'all go on CI or host or wherever y'all get y'all cigars online for and take a look at them. Always support your local cigar spot. Always support your local cigar spot. Right? Always. I like to tell y'all to go online and get cigars too, but support, because I do. I support my local cigar spot. I sure do and love it too. But look, I took up enough of y'all time, like I said again. Like I tell y'all always when, we, when, when I leave y'all, y'all take care of everybody out there. But more importantly, y'all take care of yourself first. All right now.